Hello, and welcome to PrimeMed's News and Updates podcast. This series is intended to provide clinicians with the latest updates in primary care. Topics covered on today's episode include smartwatch app and atrial fibrillation, lung cancer treatment variations by state, and congenital heart disease surgery and kidney disease. SmartWatch app shows promise for identifying atrial fibrillation. For participants without atrial fibrillation, use of a SmartWatch application or app can identify a regular pulse, which may indicate atrial fibrillation with high positive predictive value, according to a study published in the November 14th issue of the New England Journal of Medicine. Marco V. Perez from Stanford University in California and colleagues examined the ability of an app to identify atrial fibrillation during typical use in 419,297 participants without atrial fibrillation. A telemedicine visit was initiated if a smartwatch-based irregular pulse notification algorithm identified possible atrial fibrillation and an electrocardiography patch was mailed to the participant. The researchers found that 0.52% of participants received notifications of a regular pulse during a median of 117 days of monitoring. Atrial fibrillation was present in 34% of the 450 participants who returned electrocardiography patches that contained data that could be analyzed, and in 35% of participants aged 65 years and older. Among participants who were notified of an irregular pulse, the positive predictive value was 0.84 and 0.71 for observing atrial fibrillation on the electrocardiography simultaneously with a subsequent irregular pulse notification and for observing atrial fibrillation on the electrocardiography simultaneously with a subsequent irregular tachygram, respectively. No reports of serious app-related adverse events were observed. We believe that these data support the ability of the algorithm to correctly identify atrial fibrillation in users whom it notifies of irregular pulses, the authors write. The study was funded by Apple. U.S. states can do more to prevent, treat lung cancer. States can do more to prevent and treat lung cancer, according to a report published online November 13th by the American Lung Association. Researchers provided a state-specific description of the burden of and opportunities to address lung cancer. Incidents, survival, early diagnosis, surgical treatment, lack of treatment, and screening were considered by state. According to the report, the lung cancer incidence rate is 59.6 per 100,000 nationally, ranging from 27.1 in Utah to 92.6 in Kentucky. Lung cancer has one of the lowest five-year survival rates, 21.7% nationally, varying from 16.8% in Alabama to 26.4% in Connecticut. Overall, 48.5% of cases are identified at a late stage when the cancer has spread. 21.5% of cases are identified early. The rate of early diagnosis varies from 16.6% in Alaska to 28.1% in Wyoming. Nationally, a total of 20.6% of cases undergo surgery as part of the first course of treatment, and 15.4% of patients receive no treatment. About 48,000 lives could be saved if everyone currently eligible was screened. 
Screening rates among those at high risk are 4.2% nationally. Every state can do more to defeat lung cancer, such as increasing the rate of screening among those at high risk, addressing disparities in receipt of treatment, decreasing exposure to radon and secondhand smoke, and eliminating tobacco use, the authors write. Surgery for congenital heart disease tied to kidney disease. The risk for mortality and end-stage kidney disease is high in children who undergo surgical repair for congenital heart disease compared with the general population, according to a study published in the October issue of the Clinical Journal of the American Society of Nephrology. Chirag R. Parikh from Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore and colleagues followed 3,600 children who had their first surgery for congenital heart disease within 10 years of birth. Each surgical case was matched to 10 children from the general population who were similar in age, sex, index date, rurality, and neighborhood income. All-cause mortality and end-stage kidney disease rates were compared after a median of 5.9 years of follow-up. The researchers found that during follow-up, 4% of children who had surgery for congenital heart disease died, and 1% had end-stage kidney disease. Compared with the matched control population, the cumulative incidence of death and end-stage kidney disease at 1, 5, and 10 years was higher in children with surgical repair of congenital heart disease, death, 3, 4, and 5% respectively, end-stage kidney disease, 1, 2, and 2% respectively. The increased risk for end-stage kidney disease and death was based on the severity of congenital heart disease with the highest risk seen in children with hypoplastic left heart syndrome. The risk of end-stage kidney disease and mortality was highest in the first year after surgery, which highlights the importance of closer outpatient follow-up after surgery and new risk stratification approaches to identify those children at highest risk, the authors write. Parikh disclosed financial ties to the biopharmaceutical industry. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your hosts have been PrimeMed Digital's Lee Tatro and Kevin Foley. News content provided by Health Day. All rights reserved. See you next time.